The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Friday morning. And we are glad you've taken the time to be with us uh, throughout this week as we have been studying the Word of God and as we finish this week together. We hope that we will be hopefully be one more source of encouragement for you. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 135. As you're turning there or if you're following us there, I'd like to invite you to our services this weekend. Uh, we have a morning and evening service on Sunday. Uh, so Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, we do have an in-person service. Everyone is invited to come. Our auditorium is not full, so there is room for you, and you'll be able to distance if that's what you'd want to do. Uh, but we will have a great time of worship at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then again, 5 o'clock in the evening. There are two distinct and separate services with different worship music and different messages, and so we think that will be an encouragement to you. If somehow uh, you're not local or unable to make it, you can watch those online through our website at bensalembaptist.org or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and uh, we'd invite you to join us in one of those avenues. Psalm chapter 135 this morning, uh, we're going to finish the bottom section of this chapter. We started it yesterday, and we're going to look at the bottom section of this chapter in a principle that I think is intriguing. Sometimes, for those of us as Christians that look at sections like this, there's some neat, obvious information, uh, you know, because it's going to talk a little bit about idol worship a little bit. In our day and age, you don't see a whole lot of it. You see it from some of religions, but from our point of view, we wouldn't do that. So a lot of times you look at passages like this and you say, well, that's great information, especially for the time in which it was written for the children of Israel, which really often fell into idol worship. Uh, what does this mean for me today? And I think there's some great principles that we can pull from this that I hope will be a help. So Psalm 135, um, let's go to verse 13. So Psalm 135, starting in verse 13. The Bible says this, Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. For the Lord will judge his people, and he will repent himself concerning his servants. The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. Bless the Lord, O house of Israel. Bless the Lord, O house of Aaron. Bless the Lord, O house of Levi. Ye that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be that Lord out of, the, out of Zion, which dwelleth at Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. So let's, let's take a minute, talk a little bit about, he starts in verse 13, about his name and the importance of, again, establishing the preeminence of God in this. He says in verse 13, Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and thy memorial, Lord, throughout all generations. And so he starts off with just stating, and it's, it's, it's a form of worship, but it's one of the reasons worship is so important, because it states facts, facts that are good for us. And the one is that his name endures forever. And so, it, and by the way, it is through his name that we have victory. It's through his name we have freedom over sin. It's through his name that we have all the promises that we look at. And that's really what we, you know, we look at this. You, you have somebody who promises you something. Uh, then you would say, well, this person promised. So, so there's been times maybe I'll try to, you know, sell an item that I want to upgrade online. I'll go to a social media or some kind of platform and sell it. And somebody inevitably offers me a deal. Hey, I'm going to pay more than what it's worth, all these different things. 
You want to get their name. You want to know who they are to see, is this a scam? Are you lying to me? Are you trying to steal from me? And so once you get the person's name, if someone comes and you, you can at least look them up to see if they're real, you can trust them a little more. Very bad illustration, but you get the point. When you hear someone's name or you get to know somebody, you get an understanding of whether or not you can trust them. You hear the name of a company, you hear the name of whatever, and you say, you know, I, I was... I, they did me wrong, they took advantage of me. All these different things can happen. So the premise of knowing somebody, you understand the importance of that. So when we, see, when we hear the name of God, now the world wants us to have a wrong view of the name of God, but we know that not to be true. So when we look at this, we see the name of God and we understand that God is great, God is powerful, God is almighty, God is love, God is mercy. Yes, he's holiness too, but love and mercy in all of this. And, and, and it's through the name of God that we have creation, we have life, we ultimately have salvation through his son Jesus, but who's also God. So it, it, the name is important, it's so much more. I mean, we could go through, and I don't remember all of them, and I wouldn't take the time to do it today anyway, but so um, Abba Father is a name of God. It means personal heavenly Father. Um, Jehovah Jireh, that means the God who provides. And uh, we could go through all kinds of different names, and each one of them describe an attribute of who God is. So it is name encapsulates all of who he is, and so it's powerful. It is his name. His name is what we hold all of our promises on. And so he, he reminds us that his name will endure forever, which is good. And, and all the generations will be able to trust in his name. But then he goes to verse 15, he begins to talk about the idols. The idols of the heathen are silver and gold. So first of all, we see they're made of materials. Now, interestingly enough, the idols of the unsaved, the idols of the world that want nothing to do with God, are made of substances that God, Jehovah, has made. God made the earth, he made silver and gold, and so humans take of the items that God gave them to create an idol to replace God. All right, so they're made of silver and gold, and they're made of the works of men's hands. So we ha well, here's the thing, God's name will do it forever, which also means his name existed before we were born, before we were created, before the earth existed. Now, it's important because the distinction between these idols and Almighty God is God always has been, God always will be, he's no beginning, no end. These idols were created of substances. I mean, we all have some of it. You know, we, we might have silver, some, honestly, silver gets put in our cell phones and stuff like that. They're substances used for us today. They're material things used for us to live. Some people create idols out of them, but it's just a substance given to us from God. It's valuable to us, but not that valuable. And then it's made by our own hands. Instead of worshiping the God who created us with his voice, we're worshiping things, you know, idols, or were things created by human hands. Verse 16, he breaks down the limitations of these idols. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is any breath in their mouth. So he simply says, they're created to look like they have these capabilities, but they don't. They're empty. Verse 18, they that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. So the people who make these idols are no different. They're, they're, you know, the idols are created being by the hands of this person who made it. We are created being by the mouth of God, by the design of God. We're no different. So here's what happens, and, and kind, of, kind of get with the principles coming in here in a second. These are idols that have been created by people, which means they're empty, they're pointless, and they don't help. They can't help you at all. They're no different than the people who created them. So what happens is we go to people, we go to idols, we go to things that are not bigger than us, they're not better than us, they're not holier than us, hoping and worshiping them with the idea that they will help us, and they cannot. 
Why? Because they're no different than us. They're created. They're empty. Now, we understand the Old Testament, they would, you know, they'd have all these different idols, and it, but it was a popular thing in those days in the culture they lived. So what does this mean for us as we take the last couple minutes and finish it? What does this mean for us? One of the simple principles in the idol, and he says in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. We won't, most of us will not have idols in our home that we bow, to, bow down to and assume that this idol that we've purchased at some kind of convenience store is somehow going to protect our home or save us. It won't. And yeah, you say this idol reflects this. It does. And it's just a physical being that someone's created to make money. It cannot help us. It cannot protect us. It cannot bless us. And no amount of idols placed inside our home is going to do, bring any blessing. No amount of jewelry or anything is going to put blessing. The blessing doesn't come through physical things made by hands. The blessing comes from God and God alone, and my relationship with God, and my trust in Him. But we also look at the idea, sometimes what happens is, not only do we think these things protect us, we find them more valuable. Those things become more important to God. So here's the principle. Are there things in my life that I find more important than God? Things that I say, okay, if, the, if, I, if, if none of these things, I'm doing these things today, then I can go to church. If none of these things are going on, then I can give to church. What are things in our life? Our family can become an idol. Our job, our money can become an idol. Obtaining things in this world, obtaining position, all these things can become idols. My fear can become an idol. I'm afraid of something, and it becomes more important than trusting in God. All of these things can be placed above God. And when we do that, We've played, what we've done in those situations is we've used human logic to establish what we think is right. And my ways are not his ways, nor his, my thoughts, his thoughts, saith the Lord. I mean, <laughs> so when I'm looking at all of this from my perspective, what I think is right, I'm going to lose out. So simply, the simple principle is that in today's day and age, we place, our, we place value, trust, and importance in things that we have created we hope they will give us fulfillment. We hope they will give us joy. And yes, in some cases, we actually, today in our very religious culture, we hope they will protect us. And ultimately, they cannot do that. Only God can actually bring those things. So while I may not create an altar and place it on the mantle of my home and assume it's going to protect me, I know that won't happen. There's other things in life that I may put there that might do that. So what do we do in the alternative? Well, I, I stop viewing God from the point of view of these physical things. He, he's not a distant God that I need to find some way to attach to him. God is an ever-present God. He's right there with you. He's promised to never leave you, forsake you. So what do you do? Go to his word and hear what he's told you, and then just pray to him. He's listening. He's there. Don't, don't allow the world to let you see God as distant. God is right there. He's loving. He's personal. He loves you no matter what, and he wants to be close to you. And allow that to be your view of God, and you have that right view of God, then you can establish a right view of yourself and a right view of all that God wants for you. I hope that made sense this morning. I hope it was an encouragement. I hope we think about this, that we would just do everything we can to not be, not, not in a guilt-ridden way, but everything we can to allow God to be the preeminence and allow Him to do the work in our life that He wants to do. Again, thank you for joining us on this Friday. Again, we'd invite you to join us Sunday morning, 10 o'clock here in the morning service, 5 in the evening service, uh, or online. And uh, if you can join us, great. And uh, we look forward to worshiping with you. And, uh, but we hope you'll join us again next Monday as we continue in the book of Psalms and these times of devotions. Thanks for joining us.